Hello, sports fans, and welcome to another edition of Yesterday Sports on the Sports History Network. And make sure to check out sportshistorynetwork.com slash giveaways. I have two signed books I'm giving away. One is titled No Nonsense Old School Weight Training, and the other is Reliving 1970s Old School Football. Welcome to Football is Family, a podcast dedicated to the fan and fan experience. My name is Jeremy McFarland, and I want to look at the positive behind what makes football so enjoyable to watch and follow. I want to know why you are a fan of your team, of a player, or an era of football. Whether the pros, college, or high school, I want to hear and share your stories and your love for the game. If you want to be part of this podcast, please message me on Twitter at Jeremy underscore McFarlane, or on Facebook at the Footballist Family Facebook page. This podcast is part of the Sports History Network, your headquarters for the yesteryear of your favorite sport. You can learn more at sportshistorynetwork.com. And I'd like to welcome everybody back to the Footballers Family Podcast. And I'd like to, inter- well, I'd like for him to introduce himself. we got a special guest today. What, what, What's your name, my friend? Hi there. My name's uh, Jeremy Swick. I'm currently the archivist at the Wisconsin Black Historical Society, but I've uh, been all around museums and football. Well, I tell you, and you got a good name. You got a good name, and you you got a good museum of your of your own back there. What's what's your team? So my team actually is the 13-time world champion Green Bay Packers. Okay. See now, now he's flexing. Now you're flexing. I, I don't. It kind of. It kind of. Mm, now you're flexing. So tell me, what brought you about being a Packers fan? So I'm originally uh, from Wisconsin. Grew up there. Spent most of my time there. And if anyone's ever been to Green Bay or been to Wisconsin, uh, it's really more of a way of life than it is a becoming becoming a fan. I don't really remember the time I became a fan. Uh, rather, it was one of those things I, I think I always was. Did you grow up in Wisconsin, I guess? Did you grow up in that area? Yep, I grew up, yep, I grew up in Wisconsin. Uh, following uh, school, following college, I, I traveled a bit for different museums. But uh, now I'm back in the good old cheese state, so it's uh, it's been great. Now, you got a cheese head in the back. I see that. Are, are, you, a, um, are you a season ticket holder? So unfortunately, I am not a season ticket holder just yet. Um, I think the big joke is, you know, might have to marry into that at this point. Um, <laughs> you got a long wait. Yes, my name's somewhere on that list. I I don't even want to know exactly where where it might be at this exact moment. But um, we're fortunate enough; we do have what was known as the Milwaukee package. Um, currently and it gives us about two or three games a year and it was kind of when the Packers you know weren't that great they they shared time with uh not only in Lambeau but they played at County Stadium down Milwaukee right right so do you I'm I'm kind of confused because with the Titans my team with the Titans it's not uh hard to get tickets how hard is it to get tickets to a Packers game so I would say it's not incredibly difficult. You definitely are going to pay for them. 
um, if you don't have the luxury of finding someone you know with face value tickets. But the biggest thing is the waiting list to get on the season, uh, be a season ticket holder itself. Yeah. Is it... It's been hard to be a season ticket holder for for years. Ever since the sixties, it's been it's been that way, hasn't it? Yeah, exactly, exactly. And it's it's one of those great, I guess, mysteries of college, or excuse me, mysteries of pro football, where uh, you know such a small school or sm- excuse me, such a small team uh, has such a rich history that makes those season tickets so uh, coveted and desirable. Okay, so tell me about the history of the Packers for, from your perspective. What what, what do you think is historical about your team? Oh, it's one of those things, you know, founded in 1919. And I have to remind people that was before the NFL was officially, officially, uh, you know, a league rather. But I think it's one of those things where as anyone who does study football, especially professional football, a lot of very small teams existed throughout the history of the NFL. Uh, The Pro Football Hall of Fame did a great uh, series on on that kind of the rise and fall of these smaller market teams. And one of the interesting aspects was the Packers, of course, because they've survived so long and now at this point thrived. Um, it's funny because I'm sure you've heard, I'm sure your listeners have heard of the stock sales that periodically happen. Right. Uh, yeah. The original ones were to help save the team and help keep them in, in Wisconsin and in green Bay, of course. But I, I, it's interesting with the newer, newer stock uh, or stock opportunities. It's really just to raise money for the club to do improvements in and around the stadium. Now, how old is that stadium? How old is Lombardi Field? So Lambo, I have to. Or excuse me, Lambo, Lambo Field. Excuse me. No, exactly. I do not know off the top of my head the exact date, but it is one of the older, older fields that are still, still in existence. Currently, Lambeau was one of the original coaches. I I, I know Lambeau Field. Lombardi, though, there is a clock there that has Lombardi's signature on it, didn't there? Yep, exactly. 15 minutes ahead of schedule. Because if you're on time, you're already late. Yeah. I, 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 love, I love the stories. In fact, um, I might, if you don't have one of these, I have two of them. For some reason, I got Run to Daylight. Do you have this book? I do not think I have that book. You have it now. Send me awesome. Send me your uh, message, and I will send it to you. I have two. I don't know how I got a hold of two of them. Uh, it's it's funny how that happens. But this Lombardi, number one, he was probably one of the great motivators of men. Okay, but number two, um, very few people know that Lombardi was one of the reasons why. Uh, John Madden became the man he is. Now, what happened was John Madden was drafted by, and I don't, I don't remember the exact team. It might have been the Patriots, or he was picked up, and he got hurt. No, it was the Eagles. It was the Eagles. And <clears throat> he found out that he wasn't going to play. Um, he wasn't going to play for uh, – hold on a second. Family, family deal here. He wasn't going to play for him. He got hurt. So he went and Vince Lombardi was doing a one-on-one or, or a coach's seminar. And he did one play and talked about one play for two hours. And you know what that play is. Yep. And 
what you see today because of John Madden, he realized that he needed to learn more about the game. So your 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 coach, Vince Lombardi, gave us John Madden, the man I grow to love. I love John Madden. And I want to thank you for that. That that I believe is a Packers uh, influence. Absolutely. I loved what they did for Madden, you know, right before he passed. And for him to be able to see that tribute video was something special. He one thing that I that I enjoyed about Madden, Vince Lombardi was not a real person. He was a robot. He was a robot. He was he was sent from the future to win those games. Madden was a real person. But the thing about I like about your quarterbacks, uh, Bart Starr wasn't the greatest quarterback ever, but he was a great leader of men. Brett Favre could lead men. Aaron Rodgers can lead men. You have brought out people that can lead men and that people want to follow. And that's one thing about the Packers that I think uh, if, if you were to talk about it, you guys are a little bit spoiled. I was just about to say that in my lifetime, I've had basically back-to-back Hall of Fame quarterbacks. And one of them, you know, started almost my entire, uh, you know, young life at quarterback. It got to the point where you'd watch on the news you know, Favre broke three fingers on his throwing hand. Will he play? And everyone's like, yeah, he's going to play. Not sure how, but uh, he ended up playing. So definitely spoiled in that regard. Now, out of those three, if you had one drive, let's say 80 yards, three minutes left to win the Super Bowl, who would you start? I would have to say – and it kills me because my my guy my guy is definitely Brad Favre. I might have to go with Aaron Rodgers. Just that two minute offense. You know he's safe with he's good with the ball. Where with Favre, the, the tough thing for me was obviously he was either going to throw into triple coverage and it was going to be a touchdown, or he was going to throw in triple coverage and it was going to be an interception. So in that sense, I think I'm going to go with Aaron Rodgers, which is a uh, a little bit of a change to my. My usual tune of the, the the Brett Favre soap soapbox that I've uh, spent most of my life on. Now, Brett Favre, uh, how bad was it when he was a Vikings for you? I'll be honest, I was very sad uh, more than anything, to be honest. Uh, but it was one of those things where it was interesting because it did kind of split Wisconsin. Uh, a lot of people were Team Rogers or Team Favre. Uh, depending on, you know, where you kind of stood with what, who you thought was going to, uh, going to be able to take the reins. And it was one of those things where I think at the time Favre was still the guy, but of course, Aaron Rodgers had this, has had this incredible career. So, uh, but that moment, you know, that was tough to see him put on that, uh, that team up North. Mm, I, I cannot relate to that. Uh, I, well, I guess I sort of can when when McNair became a, a a Baltimore Raven, but you're talking about the Packers and Vikings. Their rivalry has gone back to the '60s and the '70s. Uh, do you think? And, and of course, you can't put your head into Favre's head. But do you think he did that lightly? He just said, "Hey, they're going to play me. They're going to let me play." Or do you think he knew what he was doing? I believe he knew what he was doing in the sense that people forget that he got sent to the Jets first. Yeah. So he did play there. 
And even then it wasn't, I mean, I think they had mapped it out. It was a year or two until they would have played the Packers. But uh, from things I've seen on, on Favre, he was, it was to, it was to get a little bit back at, uh, you know, management more than it was fans or the team itself. But well, um, you're, you're, you're looking at Favre, uh, Aaron Rodgers being drafted to replace Favre, Favre going bonkers for what, three years, just doing amazing things. And then Aaron Rodgers comes in. And neither one of them really coexisted. Well, guess what they're doing now with Jordan Love? Same concept. Yep. And and I, I'll give it to the Packers front office. Uh, you have to be. You want to be a year ahead instead of a year behind. Exactly. Exactly. It's one of those things where I think people slowly, not everyone, people have realized when Rodgers broke his collarbone, uh, you know, several years back, that I think it was a wake up call that we didn't have a Brett Favre because no one has. You know, an Iron Man like that—that's going to play literally every single game of all time. You know, so I, I do love how even if he, it's not this year, or even next year, getting someone ready for when that when that time does happen, or you know, if it isn't, if if Love might not be, if Love isn't the guy, you know, finding a way to ship him out and again, I think start the process over again. Uh, people forget how many times they did that with different quarterbacks or Favre because, uh, you know, Favre, Favre was so in between about retiring that each, you know, each time they were getting new guys that were kind of slowly getting, you know, the Matt Hasselbacks, yeah. um, it kind of in the mold to see what was going to happen. Of course, then Favre comes back and they're, they're kind of able to move on. I mean, we, people forget how great of backups we had at times that went on to do, uh, you know, pretty well in the, in the NFL elsewhere. Do you know every backup that played that ended up starting somewhere else? I did not off the top of my head. That's a, I don't either. I was hoping you did. Now <laughs> I, know a, a couple, I know a couple, Matt Hasselback was one of them. Yeah. Um, Kurt Warner. Kurt, I mean, he didn't last long at all. Um, no, Mark Burnell. And he did all right. I think he won a Super Bowl, didn't he? With, um, with the Packers. Who was his backup in 97, 96? I don't remember, but I think I think uh, uh, Mark Burnett won a Super Bowl, but he had a bunch of people. Uh, one of the Detmers was his backup as well. Yeah, Ty, I, I believe Ty, uh, Aaron Brooks yeah. uh, went, went out with the Saints. Now, Aaron Brooks had a, a span with the Saints that was pretty good. He was a pretty good quarterback for a little bit. Oh, yeah, definitely, definitely. And weirdly enough, I don't know why I remember this. I don't know how long he played in the league, but Achilles Smith, he went with Cincinnati for a little while. We had him. He was like a third-string guy for us. Um, you know, there, there was there was quite a few guys that went out and, you know, uh, had had decent careers outside of uh, Green Bay as, you know, studying behind a guy like Favre, I'm sure, was I great. If I had a young quarterback – and I had the choice between a Peyton Manning or a Brett Favre to learn underneath. I wouldn't want to learn underneath Brett Favre. No, no, no. I mean, the, see, you get the choices. Because uh, I still, you know, I always laugh when the stories of Brett not knowing the defenses and learning, you know, learning what the defenses is a few years into the league. Um, oh, yeah. He didn't – at Southern Miss, he didn't have – I think he was more of a sandlight quarterback at that point, wasn't he? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So tell me, what are some of your favorite memories of the Packers? 
So I, you know, I have, I have a few, I have, I think it was one, one of my biggest ones was one second was my first pattern game ever. Um, it was 2000 November and they played the Colts and we ended up being the Colts. It was Peyton Manning's, you know, Peyton Manning's team at that time. But one of the coolest things my, my dad did, uh, you know, whether he realized it or not was me being old enough to appreciate going to my first Packers game. Now, one thing, Jeremy, that, um, I tell people on this football's family, um, and we're going to talk about everything you got in the back here in just a minute. Uh, a lot of it has to do with me. I want to know what you have. People are not going to see it on the podcast, but you can describe some things. But what you just told me about your dad taking you and, and you didn't know the power of it until much later on um, is what football's family is all about because you have a bond with your dad. You had that bond. Did that cause you to be a Packers fan or, or you just said you were a Packers, then you went and it just made you even better? It was the second one, definitely. You know, when uh, you know, going going to that game and hang on one second. Yeah, yeah. Of course, you know, I'm a collector's collect, as they say. Now he and is course, and his do you have your headphones on? Because that's amazing sound. I do have my headphones on. That's an amazing sound. What do you got there, bud? So I have the ticket from that first game. Okay, it's kind of okay. Can you yeah, right there, right there. What I like about that, Jeremy, is it has, number one, it was a $42 ticket, which is pretty good seat, wasn't it? Yep, yep, not bad, not bad at all. Um, it has the Packers and the uh, Colts helmets, and I love at the top, that, that middle part there, the G. To me, uh, alongside the Raiders and maybe the 70s uh, Vikings, the G for the Packers is about the best um, logos that I can ever think of. And that is neat that you have your first ticket that you went to a game. Absolutely. You know, it it's is, one of my, it's, it's funny. Yeah, I have stuff all over here and uh, now, it's, it's, it's always going to be probably my favorite, one of my favorite pieces. Now, If you turn around and there's like right in the middle, but right in the middle, there's like uh just to your right, just a little bit more, right there. Yeah. What is that shelf? Right so, above, right above the figures. Yep, right above the figures. So that is a shot glass collection, actually. Oh my! Uh, that signed up through Dan Mint, who does a lot of the you know figurines and things like that. Yeah. It's one of those things you subscribe to, and every month or whatever, they send you a different shot glass from you know a championship game or and not maybe not from that, but honoring that that Super yeah. Bowl win or something like that. So the, so. That's all Packers. Yes, that's all. Yep, all Packers. Now, I love the uh, the aerial view of the stadium there over on your right shoulder. That, did you Do you like going to cold games? Because that, to me, yeah. So I, yep, so I, I do love going to cold games. I, I tell people who are coming to go to games that they have to go one – they can go to one game in the summer, you know, in the fall, late fall – and have that kind of real fun experience. But I'll be honest, there's nothing better than like a, you know, a Packers bears or Packers, Minnesota game in the dead of winter, you know, maybe right before, right before, you know, Christmas or right, right before new year's Eve. And, uh, you know, you're sitting out there freezing, uh, they kind of stop selling beer and, you know, sell hot chocolate because 
everything's freezing. So, you know, all the seasoned vets know what to bring in to make sure that hot chocolate tastes great. Well, that is one of my bucket list. I don't, I want to go to uh, Green Bay, but I want it to be in December because I want to see the frozen tundra. Oh, yeah. It's, I can't. Uh, it's, Chris it's Berman, I'm sorry, I couldn't do that. But you know. <laughs> what is your one thing on your wall? And it's an amazing wall, Jeremy. I'm, I'm, I'm just impressed with it. What is your one thing that is your favorite item? Oh, so on this wall, I would have to say. So that's a good question. I don't have a favorite thing on this wall, but give me one second. I'll be right back. This is your show. I'm just here. I see a Clay Matthews jersey. Is that autographed? Yep. Yep. We got some, you know, we got some signed, quite quite a bit of signed memorabilia. Clay Matthews had one of the best commercials ever when he did that fathead commercial. Oh yeah, absolutely. He came out of the wall and caught my my father in law said if that happened to me, I would have left something in that seat as I'm running. I was like, <laughs> probably, probably. So yeah. this one, oh my goodness, a sign, you know, a sign helmet by uh, Mr. Antonio Freeman. Oh, that he was a beast. And if you're talking about memories, one of my favorite memories on TV was the he did what moment. He did what? The, the ball like- rolled off his hand. And uh, I was able to, you know, acquire this, and it's he wrote it all out. The Monday Night Miracle, eleven six two thousand, you know, forty three yards, game winning TD catch, you know, Packers twenty six, Vikings twenty, OT. He did what? Now, again, as I'm I'm bringing up how neat the G is, um, you. You would think that with this world that we're living in, everybody wants to be modern. Don't change the G. I I don't see that G ever changing. Thankfully, I think you know. I I always I've always thought that the '80s would have been the time if they would have changed it. Now uh, you know the the dark the dark days of the '80s, and thankfully uh, they they did it. It it to me, you're you're a small market team. I mean, you're probably what you are the smallest market in in the league, aren't you? Yes, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, like all all four professional sports. Oh, it's 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 small. Um, You were the only one that really survived. At one point, the Packers went away and then came back. You are are you the second oldest or the third oldest NFL franchise? I believe we're the third oldest. I think the Bears have us by a little bit. And the Cardinals have us, you know, they're, you know, technically, but. All right. Well, give me. All right, Jeremy. When when teams move around enough, you know, you can survive forever, I think. Yeah, you can. Now, now, Jeremy, (laughs) I'm going to put, I'm going to put your knowledge of the Packers. I've got you for a few more minutes before Zoom kicks me off. I'm going to put your knowledge of the Packers at a a test. I'm going to make sure that you're worthy of this book. (laughs) Right. Are you ready? I think so. Uh, why are they called the Packers? Oh, Acme, the Acme Packing Company. So when they were found, you know, when they were founded, uh, I think a lot like, you know, like softball teams are sponsored by, you know, Toyota, you know, Toyota Bears or whatever. It was the Acme Packers. And so it was a meat packing company. See, see, this is what I'm talking about. This is how this is hard hitting questions you get from this <laughs> podcast. All right. 
Are you ready? Yes. How many championships did Vince Lombardi win? Who was it? Oh, that's uh let me think. I know you know it. And if you can you can talk about NFL championships or because it was, you know, two, you know, two Super Bowls. Right. I believe it was five total championships. Now, I want to say that that is correct because I read that book and I forgot who wrote it talking about his championships. A fantastic book. But you know what? If only we had something that could tell us. Yeah, you always got to check uh, Dr. Google. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, Bert. Oh, mm, we were both wrong. Oh. Oh, okay. Now it says six. No, 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 no. Would they be counting the. Yeah. Okay. Are they counting that one with the Giants where he was like an here, assistant here, coach? Yes. So five is the answer. Five is the answer. See, see, I knew you knew this. <laughs> You're good under pressure. See, you're you're like Brett Favre. You throw into triple coverage, and you know you're gonna get a you're gonna get a catch. All right, you ready? This one. Yep. In your opinion, how good would Sterling Sharp have been if he hadn't been hurt? Uh, would he have been better than Shannon? According to Shannon, yes. Uh, Sterling Sharp is one of those guys that, I mean, I, I would love to see him. It's one of those things that it was so tough with that injury to not, or with his injuries, not to see his uh, full potential because people forget how great he was in college. And, you know, when I was at the college football hall of fame, he was, he was of course, one of our hall of famers. And I always, I would do the same thing with, uh, with Leroy Butler talking that he, you know, his career, he gets a couple more years, him being delayed for the hall of fame. Wasn't, you know, this long. It wouldn't have been this this long. I think that if Sterling Sharp had stayed healthy, he wouldn't have been Jerry Rice, but Tim Brown. He would have been, in my opinion, you know, and I'll, as you can tell, I'm biased, but he would have been, you know, I think something special, so special to say the least. Now, when I say Tim Brown, I'm not diminishing Tim Brown. Yeah. Brown is level two, easy. You you. You have one Jerry Rice, but then you have Tim Brown, you had Randy Moss, you had Art Monk. And to me, if Sterling Sharp had about two or three more years, that's who he would have been. So, you see, this is the thing. You went through a, a rough time in the 80s, but the 60s and early 70s were, were great years for the Packers. The 90s were amazing. And right now you're riding a pretty high, if only you can get past the playoffs. Yes, the, the good old 49ers seem to be our our Achilles uh as of late what what do you think what do you think is going to happen this year hey Packers gonna win the Super Bowl oh is that what it is is that how it is yeah yeah and you know see now I can clip that later when I'm when I'm correct (laughs) or or you know when I'm not you know we just kind of forget it happened this this is uh, this is August 24th 2022 at 9 32 p.m on central time and um yeah, so we got this. Now, give me give me your opinion now, Jeremy. And I, I got yeah. you for a couple more minutes. And again, yeah. please email me your your address, and I'll send this out tomorrow. And uh, with my supplements, my friend, you you deserve you deserve this. This is this is uh, 
history. Um, can the Packers make it to the Super Bowl this year? I I sincerely do believe that. I think, you know, these last we've been knocking on the door. This last game, you know, against the 49ers was just kind of all around not a great play. Um, I'm 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 optimistic and I am confident we're gonna win the Super Bowl until we are mathematically ruled out. But these last few years I've I've felt, you know, real great about about the season and just it's looking, it's trending in the right direction. We get some of our key guys back, and we'll, I, I'm, I'm thinking we're going to make a good run at it. I'm looking at the AFC. You have the Bills being Tier 1, the Chiefs, my Titans. Yes, I said it. Tier 2 with the Ravens and the Bengals. Tier 3 is everybody else. Um, in the NFC, right now, the Packers – to me, and I'm trying to think if the Packers and the Rams would be tier one. Tier two would be to me if the, if the Cardinals can do it again this year, I will move them up. I think the Cardinals are an insanely good team. But I'm looking at the Vikings have a good chance to make the playoffs. I see the 49ers doing it again. I think the Eagles and the and the Cowboys will fight it out in the, in the AFC or in the NFC East. In the South, I think it. if Tom Brady plays, it's the Buccaneers to lose. If he doesn't, I believe it's the Saints. But I don't think there's anybody in the NFC North that's going to dethrone your team. I just no, don't think and, it's going to be. And I think the biggest thing is, you know, just win and get to the playoffs. Yeah, and I'll tell you what. You need to talk to your 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 guys. I know you got the the phone for the GM, right? You got their phone number. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Tell them to draft a flipping a wide receiver in the first round. <laughs> just do it. Just just do it. <laughs> Jeremy, you have been. Oh, that Zoom popped up and tells me I'm about to run. Leave us with words of wisdom from Jeremy Swick about whatever you get. You get the floor. Hey, uh, one of the things I always tell people is chase what they're excited about, chase what they're passionate about. Uh, obviously, we didn't get to get into this uh, on this episode, but you will be I back, worked, by the way. <laughs> I appreciate it. I worked at the College Football Hall of Fame. I worked at the Pro Football Hall of Fame. I was able to do Brett Favre's induction, and I've worked at museums kind of all over the country. And through that was, was really just chasing what I was passionate about. Uh, you know, one of the biggest pieces of advice I got is. If what you do, you know, the money will come. It's not always about the money. It's about enjoying what you do. Uh, you have to wake up and do it every day. So might as well enjoy it. Again, I'd like to have you back on to talk about that. Um, what you have just given me, Jeremy, is motivation. I don't know if you realize that. Um, we get bogged down in. I got to pay bills. I got to pay bills. I started, and, and the people know this, I mentioned this several times. My son died in May. And his death and the life that he lived motivated me to start my master's degree. And boy, is it kicking my butt. But I needed that motivation. And what you just said to me, and, and you, I, I got to give you, you gave me more motivation to stick with it. 
Find what you like. Find what you like and do it. Thank you. Appreciate it, Jeremy. No, you you just, I believe in purpose, Jeremy. I believe in purpose. I believe that everybody has a purpose. And what your purpose was tonight, we talked, we had a good time. But what you just told me means a whole lot. Thank you. Thank you, Jeremy. Now, when uh, when you get the chance, we'll get you back on and talk about your time with the Hall of Fame. The main thing I want to do tonight is I want to see what type of fan you are. And I'm in awe of that. Thank you. <laughs> Appreciate you know, it. Like I said, email me your uh, your address. I'll get this book out to you tomorrow, Friday. And uh, I don't know this. So you're going to have to educate me. Is there a saying that the Packers have? You know, tighten, wow. tighten up. Hey, go pack, go. Go pack, go. Simple yet powerful. Thank you for being on the Football's Family Podcast. Thank you, Jeremy. And we have a new sponsor here at the Football's Family Podcast. It's Manscaped. Support for the Football's Family Podcast is brought to you by Manscaped who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped recently launched the Ultimate Men's Hygiene Bundle, the Performance Package. Join over 5 million men worldwide who trusted Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you. 20% off and free worldwide shipping with code FAMILY at manscaped.com. The Performance Package 4.0 by Manscaped has arrived and, oh man, is it a game changer. Inside the package, you'll find their Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer, Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant, Crop Reviver, Revival Toner, Performance Boxer Briefs, and a Travel Bag to hold your goodies. First off, the Lawnmower 4.0. This trimmer is the future of grooming and I dare say the greatest ball trimmer ever. Their fourth generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin safe technology. The Lawnmower 4.0 is waterproof and it also has a 400K LED spotlight you need for a more precision shave. Because this trimmer is waterproof, you can say goodbye to the mess on the bathroom floor. Now you thought that was good, but wait till you take your grooming game to another level. The Performance Package 4.0 includes the Weed Whacker nose and hair, ear hair trimmer. The Weed Whacker is also waterproof and provides proprietary safe skin technology, which help reduce nicks, snags, and tugs in those delicate nose holes. The Crop Preserver Below the Waist Deodorant and the Crop Reviver Below the Waist Toner will change the way you approach your daily hygiene. Manscaped even threw in two free gifts to the Performance Package 4.0, the Manscaped Boxers and the Shed Travel Bag. Bring your comfort and boxers to another level. It's time to take care of yourself. Go to manscaped.com and get 20% off plus free shipping with code FAMILY. That's get 20% off and free shipping with code FAMILY at manscaped.com. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tool with Manscaped. Hey there, Sports History fan. This is Arnie Chapman, 
aka the Football History Dude, and I wanted to thank you for stopping by to listen to another episode here on the Sports History Network. Our podcasters are passionate about uncovering and sharing sports stories from yesteryear. And if you didn't know it already, we have over 30 shows across the network covering all sorts of sports history topics. In fact, here's a glimpse into one of our awesome podcasts here on the network. Join George Bozica, the president of the PFRA, and myself, John Bozica, each month for the Professional Football Researchers Association official podcast. We'll discuss the history of the game, the many names of the game, and so many different things for you, making the history of football not only entertaining, but fun at the same time, as we join you on the Sports History Network on the official PFRA podcast. How about that? I bet you're super hyped to go listen to that new podcast, right? Well, to learn about this show and all the other podcasts on the network, head over to sportshistorynetwork.com forward slash podcast. Again, that's sportshistorynetwork.com forward slash podcast. Head over there today to find your next favorite sports history podcast.